I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are The, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome Hello. to the official podcast of The Gibson Review. In every episode, we start off with the week in review, what TV shows and movies we've been watching since the last episode. Move on to the main event, which is a main review or topic of discussion, and finish up with film faves, which is our respective list of our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. This episode is a little bit different because we'll start with the week in review, talking about what TV shows and movies we've been watching, but also it's a special episode is our pandemic special. Ta-da! So the main event, uh, since we've had to redo our schedule, we figure the most natural thing to focus on first are virus movies. So we will be talking a little bit about the virus movies we like the most that we can recommend that you're able to check out while stuck at home. More on that a little bit later, but Shanna, speaking of pandemics, so let's talk a little bit about that. Since our last episode, a lot has happened. About two weeks worth of escalation, and then the last week has been just uh, taken, it's, it felt like two weeks, just one week. There was just, you know, that was our first week, full week of school being shut down. And of everything, just life being completely different. You know, that's a really good point. Out of all the pandemic movies we watched, or virus movies that we watched the past two weeks, there wasn't one dealing with what it's like dealing with this kind of thing emotionally. Mm. It's just all the fear stuff. It doesn't really show how we have to adapt, or what we're waiting for, or... Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're sick of seeing or mm-hmm. so it's been very different it's been very exhausting it's very mentally and emotionally exhausting because you're waiting and you're waiting to hear if the city is gonna go into if you're in south africa it's called lockdown if you're in america it's called shelter in place so you know just waiting and waiting to see and hear what we are allowed to do and what we aren't allowed to do, and then the toilet paper shortage, and then the wipe shortage, and then there's no sanitizer. And, mm. you know, some some good stuff has come from this. A local distillery near us is creating their own sanitizer. A lot of the restaurants are making family pack dinners that you can come and pick up or they'll deliver it to you. The local toy store is delivering after showing pictures on Facebook. Hey, what do you guys want? People are adapting in really interesting ways. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one big thing is, is, you know, trying to figure out how to adapt in order to stay alive. These small businesses, especially, and, you know, what sort of ways can they offer what they have for people in these kind of situations that are honestly absolutely unprecedented. I I mean, I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime here in the United States, and I'm not sure that there's any been anything like this in the in modern history. It's possible that people in South Africa were dealing with uh, at least curfews mm-hmm. during apartheid. But that's, that's not in response to a it's virus. It's not in response to a virus. And that's that's all I can think of that would be similar within this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just straight up racism, if anything. <laughs> that's the real virus. Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about future programming at the end of the show, but... One of the biggest things is that the entire movie industry has just been stopped to a halt and really shaken up with so many movies been delayed, postponed. Pretty much every movie on our slate to talk about uh, in this show for the next two, three months has been postponed or what have you with no no actual release date in most cases announced 
Of course, the James Bond film was the very first to do this a week before things really escalated. That was And uh, remember when we thought that was an odd move. Yeah, yeah. It um, was like it took some thought and we're like, oh, because of the international market, because China is locked down and all theaters are closed. Well now we're looking at a situation where the theaters are closed here. Theaters who had releases are roughly around the time of this whole pandemic have had to do damage control and and send those movies that were in theaters to uh, on-demand rentals, you know, for people to be able to see. It's it's just damage control right now in Hollywood and trying to figure out what to do and how much longer they can they can take all this. So bear with us. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about programming later on the show, but let's uh, let's move into the week in review. Shanna, your week included a couple new discoveries on Hulu. Is that right? Yeah. So for, I think, about a month, I've been watching one episode here, one episode there uh, called Life in Pieces. My mother recommended this to me. And she said, oh, you know, she, she's been recommending this show for, I think, six months. So currently, I believe there's four seasons. They're finishing up their last season and then they're done. So it's it's a nice it's a nice amount of show. Oh, so it's been know? around for a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. You know, and I look at some of their advertising right now and I'm like, oh, those that, that's what everyone looks like. Cool. Anyway. The, my mother recommended this to me, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. And she's like, oh, they're such a lovely couple, and it has Colin Hanks, and it's so lovely. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I go and I watch it, and I find out what the the cost list is really like. So there's such favorites in here. So obviously everyone loves Colin Hanks. I personally love Diane Weist from Parenthood, the movie. She is one of my favorite actresses. Uh, and then our shared favorite, Zoe Lister-Jones from Band-Aid is in it. And so it just so happens that Colin Hanks and Zoe Lister-Jones are a couple. They're new parents uh, in this show. And really the best way for me to, to describe this show is it involves four family units Uh, You've got the mother and father, then their three children, and who they're married to, and if they have kids. So different generations. Kind of like parenthood. Yeah, so kind of like parenthood. It reminds me of brothers and sisters without the drama, because it's very lighthearted and funny. There's There's more actors and actresses that are recognizable in this show. There's even some character actors. So there's a couple in there, like someone from Community, the air conditioning guy, is in <laughs> Life in Pieces, and, okay. and he's one of the dads, so he's got a bigger role in that show. They're dealing with things that are, you know, normal, like the lack of sleep you have when you have a baby. And then another family will, be, you know, the, another family will be dealing with, well, we're dealing, dad's dealing with retirement, and this is the 16th craft project that he's taken on, and it just so happens to be puppetry, and I'm losing my mind. <laughs> it's just, it's really fun how it's all weaving into, you know, weaving this nice story. So I didn't catch, is it a half hour sitcom or is it an hour dramedy? No, no, no. It's a half hour sitcom. Okay. It's, it's the fun. So kind of like Modern Family then, actually. Yeah, I guess so. But they're funny because like, you know, they'll take a situation like chopping down a tree mm-hmm. and all the men in the family will take off their shirts and they're playing I Need a Hero and like a chainsaw gets stuck in the tree and you and I can totally relate to that. Been there. Um, so there's all this Makes relatable. Yeah, it's all this relatable stuff. So really fun. Very cool. And so that's Life in Pieces on Hulu. And how many seasons did you watch of that? I haven't even finished season one yet because it's my it's my go-to show for when I just need a break. Oh, okay. And I just feel like something light. That That's how I feel about uh, Fresh Off the Boat as well. Oh, gotcha. It's my go-to show that I don't binge. I just, I want to be happy. I go watch it. Gotcha. So what else did you discover? I discovered Breeders. Now, there's only four episodes. It's a brand new show. And hopefully it keeps going, given the COVID stuff. And it's also the perfect show to watch with the COVID stuff right now, if you have kids that are staying at home. Mm. The the dad, uh, played by Martin Freeman, uh, of two kids, 
He's wanting to get some work done. Uh, it's in the evening, and the kids are screaming blue murder upstairs. And <laughs> I had to watch that first episode because I wanted to give the quote to people because this is a very realistic show about, okay, I know I can be a good parent. I want to be a good parent. And then you mess up as you do as a parent because that that's what happens if you're yeah. a parent and so it's very funny his kids are playing too raucously they're screaming and he's he just he gives himself a pep talk on the way upstairs to to talk to them and he's like don't do it it's not going to help anything don't go in there you scream you hate yourself just breathe talk to them talk to them do it better be better and as soon as he opens the door to try and get the kids to calm down. He just swears. He uses profanities. He, he's just like, he uses a technique that my mother used to use where it's like, no, you know what? I'll just leave. I'll just go. You tell mommy that I'm gone and then mommy can cry and then you can cry. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just, I have to laugh about it. I wouldn't say that to my own kids now unless I was really at the breaking point, which <laughs> might happen during COVID quarantine. So I don't know. But, you know, it's also, you know, you've got the mom played by Daisy Haggard, who has been in numerous BBC shows and mm. movies and shorts. She's like super mom. She's the rock of the family. She neutralizes everyone, but she's not a martyr. So I really like seeing her character too. Her father comes and lives with them and it's like having a third child and she's just trying to figure stuff out yeah so i highly recommend that show if if you can relate to trying to be a good parent but also seeing the humor in your mistakes that you try to correct mm, gotcha very cool so that again is breeders on hulu I can recall watching one thing since the last episode of any note of significance, and that was finally finishing a three-part miniseries on Netflix called Five Came Back. I think this thing dropped about two, maybe three years ago. It's basically about how there were five filmmakers back uh, during World War II who left Hollywood to serve their country essentially, and and they were they I don't know if they enlisted or if they were enlisted to help the country by making propaganda films or or whatever, uh, those kinds of things. But the the five that are included in this is Frank Capra, John Ford, William Wyler, John Huston, and George Stevens. Now, these are some of the biggest heavyweights of the golden era of film, these directors. They weren't all of them, of course, but they were five major filmmakers uh, of that era. You know, I mean, John Ford's known for his, his westerns with these huge landscapes and some of the war films that he did, uh, many films with uh, John Wayne. Frank Capra, of course, was known as a bit of an optimist and, you know, kind of very sweet and and funny filmmaker and et cetera, et cetera. So what's interesting about this, this three-part series is not only, like, it sets up who they were, you know, what they were doing at the time, how they got involved in the military... And it tells like details of you know how they got recruited, how they sometimes staged footage too, of what they were shooting. Like something would happen, some battle or whatever, and they would actually have to recreate that battle and try and, and, and instruct the soldiers to do certain things. And like this includes even like shooting and mortar shells and all these kinds of things. So it was really so. con conscious creation. Sometimes, yeah, not always. Not always did they have to do this, but uh, sometimes it did. And, and it's interesting because you learn about how, like, maybe one filmmaker really hated what he was having to do, um, and maybe another was, was okay with it. They weren't all staged, to be clear. Okay. But sometimes this 
was something that had to happen. So it kind of details that. And of course, it details also what happened when they came back. How did this experience shape their them as storytellers afterwards? Mm. You know, and it was it's just really fascinating. And I thought part three, which really focuses on their time back and what what their how their work was affected Mm -hmm. i found it quite moving too and it has a really good score i don't have the composer on hand but it has a really great score too so i was really taken with this three-part series i found it fascinating i think if you're someone who is interested in world war ii history if you're someone who is a cinephile a movie lover and you know, you, you, you appreciate the work by any of these directors and you're all of them. I think you would find Five Came Back really interesting. And it has talking heads like Steven Spielberg and Francis Ford Coppola and Lawrence Kasdan, too. So people who are, are big names and have been big names from the new Hollywood era of filmmaking, you know, reflecting on and talking about these filmmakers and their experiences. So I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Five came back. That sounds like a really great show. I should check it out too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, Shanna, let's move on to our week in review. While we have been watching a lot of stuff related to our main event, we have actually been watching when we need to de-stress or just relax, something that we started long ago and just kind of haven't come back to, and that's Community. We watched seasons two and three of Community the past couple weeks, all of which I'd seen before, and sometimes I would realize it as we were watching it, like, oh, yes, I have seen this and all that sort of stuff, and it turns out I have seen these seasons before, but it was the first time for you so shanna i guess i'll talk about just briefly what it, what community is and then i want to hear from you your thoughts on these seasons and the show in general for people uh, so for those who don't know community is kind of a bonkers meta very witty intelligent half hour comedy that is about a study group in a community college and kind of their interpersonal relations and the hijinks that occur around them as well. It stars now famous Allison Brie. It stars Joel McHale, who hails from Seattle originally. Chevy Chase, Donald he, uh, he Glover. He was on a TV show today. Oh, really? Yeah. Kelly Clarkson? Oh, okay. Does she have a TV show? She has a talk show. Yeah, so he was on there today. Cool, cool, cool. We have also, let's see, Don... Donald Glover, as I mentioned, and oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting who plays Britta. Gillian something. Oh, anyway, I apologize, Gillian. I usually know your name right away, but I forgot. And also, uh, Ken Jeong, uh, guest stars occasionally, Mm -hmm. and Jim Rash, as well as a regular in it. So, Shanna, what are your thoughts on the past couple seasons of Community that we've been watching? Well, I... You know, without a doubt, I laugh every episode. So it's really great. I think something stressful happened. Oh, our dishwasher broke. It's incredible how stressful that can be. Mm. (laughs) You know, and I was just, I was done. And I was like, let's just watch Community. And I felt so much better afterwards. This show is ridiculous. I think it's better than something like Parks and Rec. Ooh. And, you know, it's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. Between Parks and Rec and The Office, Parks and Rec is better. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, I don't know what to, com- like, There's compare. no comparison to There community. isn't. And that's why it's, like, so special. And mm-hmm. they have these awesome parody episodes where they make, like, a video game episode where the mm-hmm. characters are video game characters. You know, they're in a video game. Side-scrolling video game. So it's, like, the best. <laughs> and they'll have, like two-parter episodes that are overly dramatic and crazy they'll have like a pillow fort episode against a blanket fort you know village and it's just really funny stuff and the characters are really fun sometimes there's jokes where i'm like oh should we but most of the time i'm pretty happy watching the show um i really like it i love the actors 
There we go. Any favorites? Yeah. Didn't we talk about that last night? What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) I think I really love Troy and Abbott in the morning. (laughs) Like, they're just really goofy and funny. And they're like, if we didn't stop being kids, this is what it would look like. Abed is played by Danny Pudi. And I just remember Jillian Jacobs is who plays Britta, by the way. Britta is, gosh, she's a extraordinarily social conscious person. (laughs) Like to the nth degree, kind of that caricature of a socially conscious person. Yeah. To the point where she's annoying kind of thing. And also she's a, in these seasons, she's a psych major too. Mm-hmm. Which adds a whole nother level of annoying for some of the characters too. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about how like there's these different episodes, a video game episode and a pillow fort episode, and it's like, honestly, it does very quickly get to a point where it's like, what show does this? What show has the balls to do the things this show does? I mean. There is a Law and Order episode. There's oh a, my gosh, so good. There's a documentary film episode. There's a like world events debate episode. There's multiple paintball episodes, one of which is like a spaghetti western and filmed in the style of such. There's uh, there's just so many. There's like a Christmas. I think it's either season two or one. There's a claymation Christmas episode. It riffs on Doctor Who a lot. There's just so many things. It goes in so many different directions. There's a lot of pop culture appreciation. Yes. But this. at the same time, like, it also takes a certain degree of, like, being informed. Because it'll also, in one episode, riff on 2001 A Space Odyssey, too, mm-hmm. you know? And if you don't, if you haven't seen, if you're not, like, well-versed in in film or pop culture... A lot of this stuff will fly over your head. You know, it just operates on a whole nother level beyond what most shows operate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I actually forgot. Shirley is kind of my favorite. Oh, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that woman so freaking much. Yeah. So Shirley is like this religious mother of, of what, two kids? Well, it's technically three. <laughs> uh, married to... Malcolm Jamal Warner, who uh, we don't see very often, but he does appear off and on in the series. And she's just usually away from home studying and, and taking part in these hijinks. And often sometimes she'll be like, I just want to go home and, and, and see my kids. Yeah, you know? I just want to hug my babies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but she will alternate between like sweet as sugar and really like bristly, you know. Well, and I love that she's representing the a certain religious population because there's a moment where they have a Glee episode. Yes, a Glee episode. And in the time when Glee was the show was really yeah. popular. And and it's it's Christmas themed Glee. Mm-hmm. And you know they they try to convince uh, convince her to join, and how they do that is by taking small children. And having them sing something along the lines of, we don't know who baby Jesus is. (laughs) The schools won't tell us. And she's like, no, no, they won't. (laughs) It was just really awesome. you know. She's just really fun. And then she copes with stress by baking. I think she's great. Right, yeah. I, I think every single character has all these different sides to them that are really clever and really cool and really great. And then there's like, even this somewhat dark and sinister uh, HVAC department yeah. of the educational com- department. Yeah, education of the uh, yes, exactly. That's trying to recruit one of the main characters. Who uh, has a talent? Yes, yes. John Goodman appears in some episodes in season three, I think, in particular. Maybe season. I think he's introduced in season two. But there's just so many things that's just so brilliant and and funny. And I really think, like, this show is greatly underrated. It'll be interesting to watch the final couple seasons of it, which is available on Hulu. Yeah. And see, because uh, I've, never, I've never finished the whole show. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. 
hopefully it maintains Never mind its awesomeness. the podcast. Let's go watch Community. Right, right. <laughs> Very cool. Cool, cool, cool. So that is Community, which it is actually available on Hulu. I believe Hulu got the rights to it and showed it because I think at one point it had to... It got canceled on NBC, and it might have been Hulu that saved it. It was a streaming subscription service of some kind that saved it for a season. You can uh, look for it there. That about does it for our week in review. Now it's time to move on to the main event, which is our pandemic special, Virus Movies. All right, so... Here's the thing. When trying to structure this episode, we're kind of like, okay, well, do we do like our favorite virus movies and and do like a main review of one particular virus movie? Or what do we do? And like how many zombie movies should we include and all this sort of stuff? Because we pretty much focused on, we saw like 13 virus movies, right? Yeah, I believe so. It was, uh, we really consumed a lot of virus movies yeah and you could easily go off the deep end if you include the zombie subgenre right Mm -hmm. or the zombie genre yeah right like how many movies about zombies have there been right there way more than movies about realistic viruses i can tell you that and how it realistically affects people right so what we ended up doing was like okay okay so in terms of (laughs) pandemics and epidemic movies there's really only it comes down to 13 movies unless you really go off the deep end for zombie films. So we don't really have enough to say like, oh, like, like let's make a film fave segment and count down our favorites. So what we decided to do was pick out of all these movies, three Movies that are our favorites, that we recommend the most, that are available for you, stuck at home, to watch right now and check out. And what we're going to do is kind of go back and forth talking about these three favorite picks per person and uh, why we love them. And we did make a guideline, which was only one zombie movie, one full-on zombie movie is all that we could include, if at all. So, with that, Shanna, do you want to get us started with the first uh, virus movie that you really liked? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Train to Busan is my zombie film that I just love. And you can, it's from 2016, and you can watch it on Netflix or Prime. You have no excuse. <laughs> so go ahead and check it out. The film is taking place in South Korea. Our main character and his estranged daughter become trapped on a train. And there's a couple other characters too, of course, because we're in one compartment of the train. And uh, everyone's just trying to get to the safe zone. Basan, right? That's supposedly the place. The safe zone, yeah. Yeah. This is is a really fun one because it's showing what strangers on in a very small space with nowhere to go how they're how they're going to react the zombie apocalypse is happening right now and this is the kind of film where the zombies are fast moving the kind that clawed each other to get to flesh Mm. so it's it's really frightening and at times really fun and the uh, conversion of human to zombie is instant so it's right. it's very scary it's like 30 seconds basically yeah it's it's just so cool mm-hmm. yeah Awesome. That is a blast. I guess I'll start with my zombie pick two to kind of knock it out and get it out of the way. I went with, well, there's there's a lot to, to choose from. I went with one that for sure you can find easily right now. And it's available on Amazon Prime and Hulu. It is called Anna and the Apocalypse. Further updates, reports of mass infection with the as yet unidentified virus continue to come in from across the world. Hey guys! Have a good morning. Sure, it'll be the same as always. Can you hear me? I'm a first aider. New
zombies. Not zombies. Oh, right, because that's perfectly normal. He's right. It's crazy. I know. We are not opening the doors. My little girls are where. I'm getting my dad, all right? How are we going to get past all the zombies? I just had the best idea ever. This is the stupidest idea ever. All right, losers. What do I do? Make the movie! Destroy the game! Go through here, we might make it to the school before sundown. Plus, it'll be fun. Yeah, certain death is so much fun. <gasps> this isn't fun anymore. Hashtag evac selfie. Well, we all deserve to go extinct. I thought I would choose this because it's probably one of the lesser known zombie films. This is a Scottish film that is, get this, a teen musical Christmas zombie comedy. All right? Get... <laughs> so it's kind of a lot packed That's in. That's really unique. Yeah, and it's a lot packed into a ninety-eight runtime, ninety-eight minute runtime. You know, but it is so much fun, and the music is really cool and enjoyable. It doesn't quite stick the landing in the third act for me, but the the two other two thirds of the film are solid, solid uh, filmmaking. I love and enjoy Anna and the Apocalypse. It's essentially about this small town being overrun by zombies during Christmas season. You know, these teens trying to survive this zombie apocalypse and it, it does have, you know, what happens when that that you run into that kid that you don't like, what is that kid even doing in the during this period? How does he react to things and how do some adults are Teachers, staff react to things. Principals react to situations. People who are in, used to having control and order, and now like there is no, it's just all chaos. There's no control. Uh, so it's kind of fun. I enjoy it quite a bit, and you can find it on Amazon Prime and Hulu. That is Anna and the Apocalypse. Shanna, what's another film that you wanted to talk about? So my next film is Cargo. Surprise, Martin Freeman is in this one too. <laughs> <laughs> this cargo movie is available on Netflix. It's from 2017. This is an Australian film with a family of three trying to seek safety away from a city going through a virus. It's taking place, I think, three months later. They're surviving on a boat on a river. They scavenge things from other boats that have crashed. And when they do come across other people, uh, you know... This is what's left of humanity after a virus attack. And you're kind of left with Negan people, you know? Sort Negans, of. Negans, sort of, you know, just... That's a I Walking like, Dead reference for yeah, those who don't know. I feel like, you know, what's left of humanity is not a lot of good humanity uh, after something huge like this. Uh-huh. They're just trying to weave their way through um, and keep going. But also, like, someone's infected with this virus and there's a ticking clock there's a ticking clock it even has this because there's a 48 hour incubation period. yeah and this the movie has this virus first aid kit but it's not really first aid because you're gonna die anyway but what it is is you get a watch and you wear this watch and you activate it you have 40 hours 48 hours left till you live yeah um, because there's no cure, right? There's no cure. Right. Even though they give you uh, something in this kit, it's essentially to kill yourself. So <laughs> it's like right. really bad. It happens, you know, across the Australian landscape. Martin Freeman comes across an Australian na- native girl, and together they need to try and navigate their final destination. You know, it's just, it's really beautiful. 
there's only a few characters that you see it just there's just a lot of open area you know it's not what we're used to we're, train to busan is happening through cities mm. and on a train mm-hmm. and um, confined space yeah and mm. anna and the apocalypse is happening in the village but mm-hmm. this is happening in I, I don't think you call it the outback but it's happening beyond the city i think it's the outback Oh, okay. Well, I think it's fair to say. Well, cool. And something that's interesting is, you know, this film deals with, it's more about surviving viral infections, you know, trying to get through the incubation period, to do something that you're trying to achieve. And I feel like it's about Australia because what ends up happening is the natives are taking advantage and they're spiritually cleansing the land mm-hmm. during the time. And I just thought that that was super interesting. Yes. Worth pointing out, because anybody who has seen this film is probably saying to the, to the podcast, you know, they there are zombies in this movie. But I think it's a really interesting, unique pick as a virus movie, because it's not really about zombies. It's not really about surviving zombies. It's not a zombie movie. As, as, as you describe, it's really about all these other aspects. And... What makes it really unique is the Australia of it all, you know, and that's that's yeah. really kind of cool. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm so attracted to Train to Busan because hmm. it's this different place. Uh-huh. But then you've got this one that's like dealing with the aftermath. Gotcha. Yeah. So that is, again, Cargo on Netflix. My next pick is one that is not well-known or remembered, I think. It's available on HBO now because it is an HBO original movie from 1993. And it is called And the Band Played On. What this film does is it basically details the five-year period of the CDC being faced with the AIDS epidemic and their struggles to figure it out and try to figure out, like, A, what it is, what's going on, or what's causing people to die the way they are. And it's it's um, kind of trying to do the research, trying to do all the interviews and everything. It's, it features an all-star cast, particularly for the 90s, that includes... Richard Gere, Glenn Headley, Matthew Modine, Saul Rubinek, Richard Masur, Charles Martin Smith, Steve Martin, uh, Lily Tomlin, and several, several others. Phil Collins. Some of these people, or some of the cast members, have one, maybe two scenes in it. Some are more central characters that are a part of the CDC that are trying to solve things. Ian McKellen, before he really became famous to moviegoers, also stars in it. B.D. Wan as well. So I always loved this movie since I saw it when I was like 12 years old on HBO. I found it fascinating. I found it at times very moving. It's, it's really an interesting document of this, this history of this... this um, virus this epidemic and how it's spread and it kind of has a little like count of how many people were infected how many people died and of course the mortality rate was really high for this particular virus in this particular epidemic but it's interesting to see a movie deal with a real life epidemic what actually happened and how different agencies different organizations and such at that time even administrations presidential administrations dealt with this thing that was killing thousands it's really interesting especially when you consider the response today to a virus that has you know created that's pandemic almost every nation has it you know and maybe the the mortality rate is not nearly as steep and maybe in our country like there's not nearly as many people that died as those who died from aids in this five-year period to see the differences of response of how people responded back then to how people respond now is really fascinating. So I definitely highly recommend if you haven't ever seen this, check it out. HBO now and the band played on. 
I really like that movie too. And I will say that since the COVID, I now understand mortality rate mm-hmm. and why that's so important. That little fraction of who's infected, how many die. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, Shanna, what is your final film, virus film, that you want people to check out and to recommend? My final favorite is 12 Monkeys from 1995, and you can rent that on Amazon. You're a very good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. No license, no prints, no warrants. But he took on five cops like he was just into the eyeballs. What year is this? What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? I'm simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill. For all I know, you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys? He's been living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. I think I'm crazy when people start dying next month. I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. You sent me to the wrong year. You're certain of that? Science ain't an exact science. You had a bullet from World War I in your leg, James. How did it get there? I don't know. You're a trained psychiatrist. You know the difference between what's real and what's not. You said that I had delusions. You said you could explain. I'm trying to. I want the future to be unknown. I can help you. Get you out. monkeys the thing mutates we live underground they're watching you i just want to do my part to get us back on top in charge of the planet a time-traveling virus film. So, you know, my favorite thing, time-traveling. And it's from the same director, Terry... What's his name? Terry Terry Gilliam? Gilliam, that did Brazil, and Time Bandits. So I was really... And The Fisher King. And The Fisher King. So I was really hesitant to watch this, and I was kind of having panic attacks (laughs) of, like, Uh, I want to watch this, but I'm not sure if I can give this... If I should give up that time of my life. Because also, as we discovered in the previous episode, he directed Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which you hate. Yeah, so for me, with this director, it's it's, I'm either going to love it or I'm going to completely hate it. Mm. And it's very strong feelings. Yeah, no in between. I was really hesitant, but you know what? This made the top three. So it's a great film, and uh, I feel like it's my favorite one of his. It stars the awesome Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt with Madeline Stowe, um, who I recognized from Bad Girls. She has this really interesting, unique voice. Why are you like? I just at me? think it's so awesome that of all things, you recognize her from Bad Girls. I did. The Western. I did. That's rad. When I first saw that movie, I was like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I was very young. So we've got these three awesome characters. There's other characters, too. Uh, I mean, actors. And so, anyway, what's happening is this film is taking place in the future, and a organization is sending convicts back in time. Bruce Willis happens to be one of those. And they want answers. They want answers as to what what vir- what caused the vir- a virus mm-hmm. to wipe out two-thirds, two-thirds of the world population. Yeah, five billion people. Yeah, two-thirds of the world population check that out you know i find it very interesting so they're sending they they don't know what caused it they have no clues they have very few clues and i guess you know they're chasing down each thing by sending 
these convicts back in the past to do some research. And here's the tricky thing. They can bring you back. So, and you don't know when you're, when you're, you don't know how long you're going to be there for in the past. And the thing about the future is everyone's living underground because everything right. is, the everyone air. is vulnerable up yeah. there. Yeah. The air is infected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a really cool, twisty, unique pick uh, where the virus is actually in the background, right? It's not about the, uh, the virus per se. And, it, and it's not about the pandemic. Yeah. It's about, like, it, it, it's, it's kind of the, the, what do you call it? The table setting. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a nice little, you could say it's this commentary on uh, why weren't we aware? Why aren't there clues? You know, why do, doesn't the future know through research what happened? Mm. You know, so it's kind of a wake up, pay attention you know, figure out what is a threat, what isn't a threat. So I feel like it's got a bit of commentary on that. Very cool. And where can people find that? You can rent it. That's 12 Monkeys and you can rent it. On Amazon. Yeah. Very good. So my last pick is one that, from what I understand, has become very popular lately and has had some interesting similarities to reality. Thankfully, reality isn't nearly as aggressive, uh, at least this virus in real life isn't nearly as aggressive as the one featured in this film. It is Contagion from 2011 by Steven Soderbergh, available to rent on Amazon. It was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory. Did she mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane at the airport? No, she said she was jet-lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Matt! No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. Had a seizure this morning, Beth. Yeah, she had before. a history of seizures. No, 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 Allergies. No. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. I said, can I go talk to her? Mr. Amoff, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? What happened to her? What happened to her? Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu? Is that what we're looking at? Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that. Watch this. It's transmission, so we just need to know which direction. On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed. They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. People will panic. Get it will tip over. The truth is being kept from the world. Cook your samples, destroy everything. Hello. I need you to get me the names of everyone who serviced this room. It's an emergency. You can't panic now. I know. I'm gonna get you home. I got people too, Dr. Cheever. We all do. Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people. Get back in your car! We're not sick! It's figuring us out faster than we're figuring it out. It's mutated. This is also an all-star cast movie with Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, and so many others that I can't even remember off the top of my head right now. It's it also, interestingly enough, similarly to and the band played on, it also kind of focuses on the research side of trying to figure out what this virus is, what's going on and all that sort of stuff. Kate Winslet also stars in this film and it's probably the most grounded uh, fictional virus film that I have seen. 
and it's probably one of the most accurate, but it's also really interesting to watch this film and see the things that aren't accurate, you know, yeah. or are uh, certainly are of its time. Like Jude Law, he plays this blogger, and it's so interesting how this film that that was made only a f- when social media was only a handful of years old, how it really takes a negative look. It kind of side eyes social media and bloggers. I don't know. It's like nowadays we just have cold, completely different attitudes where we're not. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It paints it as a very evil thing or a very suspicious thing, you know. It's very interesting. It's like, well, you you had no idea what's coming, did you? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting because I think he shouts, "Papers dead." Oh, or something. Print. Yeah. Yeah. Print yeah, is yeah. dead. That yeah. was back in 2011, and that was striking because it's hard to remember that the fall of print media really started with the recession that happened in 2008. You know, and and how it just and then it squeezed. Got squeeze that medium to death where yeah. people were getting laid off left and right and they had a hard time affording being able to produce you know to so many people because you'll be like wow even in 2011 they're like print is dead but well that's the reason why but a really cool movie i think it's a fascinating film it has a real pulsating kind of um, emotionally distant soundtrack or a score to it too but if you're looking for a realistic virus film, this is probably one of the primary ones to yeah. check out that is a fictional film. I, I really like that film because, you know, here's what we're aware of right now. We're aware that washing hands is very, very important. If you touch a doorknob, mm-hmm. you should wash your hands. You should clean the doorknob. We're aware that, you know, you need to not breathe on people, essentially. <laughs> um, and if the, toddler, if the toddler starts coughing in your direction, it's best if you just run away. So had I taken this more seriously, the COVID response, I, I would have stocked up on more stuff sooner. Mm. Um, I, you know, we're okay. Most people are, but a lot of people are stressed because they right. weren't stocked up. Right. It's nice to see all those things that we're aware of right now uh-huh. being shown in that film, but then also showing, you know, obviously the absurd stuff, stuff being taken too far, mm. too dramatized. You know, right, right, yeah. For entertainment purposes. Yeah, there's just a few little wrinkles that you'll probably notice. It's like, well, we know now that we respond differently than that or whatever. You know, while also taking into context that this is a little bit more of an aggressive virus in how it's spread. But it does a really good job, as you're intimating, of um, detailing the spread, how, how we can spread a virus yeah. easily. And the concept of what is contagious? What does contagious mean? Well, contagious is if, it li- if this, this virus lives on a surface for a certain amount of time. And you touch it and then touch your face, mm-hmm. you know? So very important elements. Yeah. So that is Contagion, and you can rent that on Amazon currently. So those Ooh. are our favorite virus movies we thought we'd share with you to recommend while you're stuck at home. Were there any others we were going to recommend? Uh, if I were to just name drop real quickly a few others, you know, in terms of realism, there's another film that we discovered after the fact was based on real events from India called Virus. Yeah, and that shows just in the first 10 minutes, it shows why there is going to be an issue at hospitals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yes, that is a fairly interesting movie in, in general. It is, it is also two and a half hours. I was trying to remember, yeah. like, was there really I, any bloat in that? Did it feel too long? I don't think so. I mean, it felt long, but I think they had to make it that long because that movie's focus is on who is patient zero mm-hmm. and why. Yeah, as we're talking about it, I am remembering, like, one of the common issues I have with Indian films and Bollywood films is, like, there is a certain lack of efficiency in in narrative structure i feel like it could have been tighter 
but it's just it's just what it I, is when it comes to. I think it's also like a cultural difference. Yeah, Americans want things, yeah. but you know, other cultures kind of take their time and let things. My favorite word of all time: unfold. <laughs> it's your favorite word. Yeah. Uh, but we do recommend that one. That's on Amazon Prime. Was there another one that stands out to you that you wanted to name drop? I think just for fun to mention Outbreak is an example of everything being over-dramatized. Yes, like, that's for sure. So that's really funny. So if you want to like have a comparison, watch Contagion and then watch Outbreak and you'll you'll be able to differentiate better like what's what's too much yeah yeah i i saw that for the first time in a long time just for a long boy yeah yeah that's the tough one for me to recommend now yeah so but what are your favorites what do you like what do you recommend people check out feel free to email us at the gibson review at gmail.com that'll about do it for us with this pandemic special before we talk about the future of the movie lovers and what people can expect, Shanna, why don't you share with people where they can find you online? You can find me politely uh, on Instagram at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography. See you there. And you have actually been posting quite frequently on that account. Yeah, yeah. So the photography industry is definitely taking a hit during this COVID time, especially if uh, you're an event photographer like me that relies mm. on events. Uh, lots of things got canceled, you know, so I'm kind of revisiting old work and I'll probably start doing more still life photography mm. just to, you know, whether it's for my own pleasure or someone sends me their stuff to photograph. So that's that's where I'm going over there. <laughs> Very cool. So, of course, the main site is thegibsonreview.com. Everything leads to there. That's where old episodes of The Movie Lovers can be streamed directly from, as well as old articles can be revisited, and feature uh, series like the best of the 2010s can be found there, the old film faves, and all that sort of stuff. You can follow on social media, Facebook slash The Gibson Review, and on Instagram, the Gibson 99 that's probably the most active. Sometimes I have polls on the Instagram story, like bracket polls that you can participate in, which is kind of fun. And what else? I'm also on Flickchart. Shannon, you're on Flickchart as well. You can find me at the Gibson 99 And I think you can find me at Spellbinding A. Yeah, that sounds not, right. Not like A, but just like the letter A. <laughs> Spellbiting A. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's right. That's fun. So, yeah, that's about where you can find us. And, of course, subscribe to the Movie Lovers on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Spread the word. Okay, so the future of the Movie Lovers. We're kind of taking it, having to take it episode by episode, trying to figure out what to do or what to pair up with a particular film faves topic. So the next episode, what we'll probably do is we'll probably count down our favorite non-theatrical releases. This is kind of... Whoop, whoop! I have been fighting for this! Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things where Film Faves usually only focuses on theatrical releases, movies that were theatrically released in the United States, and not movies that were direct-to-video, direct-to streaming made for tv all that sort of stuff well this is our time to talk about those films so we'll count down our favorite non-theatrically released films non-theatrical films and then our main event will probably be some latest direct-to-streaming release it's unclear what that would be i know reese witherspoon just came out with something on hulu I don't know if there's something that Shannon and I haven't caught up with yet that we can talk about. That's a direct-to-streaming movie. But when you're stuck at home, and in some cases, you literally like can't go anywhere in your state, this seems like a really good opportunity to kind of take a look at what's available to stream and uh, make some recommendations. So that will be the focus of the next episode. And beyond that, you know, we'll, we'll probably count down our favorite 60s movies to two episodes from now. Just kind of looking for what a good 
uh, main event topic or review would be to put in that episode. But feel free to follow us on Instagram, the Gibson 99 for updates on the episodes and developments. And of course, feel free to contact us either on those platforms or at the Gibson review at gmail.com. If you have ideas or, or things you'd like to hear our thoughts on as well. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying stay safe. Bye bye.